Hello, everyone. This is Eric Pennington, and welcome to the Spirit of EQ podcast. We're glad that you've tuned in. A few things we wanted to tell you at the beginning of the show, and that's this podcast was created to be a tool to help you, primarily to discover and grow your EQ. Science and our own lived experiences confirm that the better we are at managing our emotions, the better we're going to be at making decisions, which leads to a better life. And that's something we all want. We're glad that you've taken out the time today to listen and hope that something that you hear will lead to a breakthrough. Hey, one last thing. We'd really appreciate a review on whichever platform you use to listen. And if you want to, leave some comments about what you heard today, as well as follow and subscribe. That way you won't miss a single episode as we continue this journey. And with that, the show begins. Hello, everyone. This is Eric with the Spirit of EQ, and welcome to the Spirit of EQ podcast. Today's episode is Leadership and the Art of Leading a Motorcycle Group Ride. Life is a journey. Spirit of EQ helps shape and guide the road ahead for individuals, leaders, teams, and organizations striving to realize their full potential through emotional intelligence. Spirit of EQ is a coaching and consulting company that assists individuals and businesses to reach their full potential by developing emotional intelligence. In business, managers and leaders recognize the value of training to develop leadership skills. What they may not realize is that those skills are far more effective when they pay attention to not only performance, but also to people. Emotional intelligence is a crucial skill because people drive performance and emotions drive people. After this podcast, listen for a special opportunity to learn more. Joining me as always is Jeff East with the Spirit of EQ. Hi, Jeff. Hi, Eric, and hello, everyone. So we always come up with some really doozies for titles for our episodes, Jeff. Yes, we do. And yes, we do. I almost got tongue-tied trying to do that particular <laughs> intro. And our producer knows how many times I goofed up on the other stuff, but we won't talk about that no, now. No, that's in the past. So kind of unwrap that a bit. Leadership in a group motorcycle ride, what does that have to do with well, the idea came to me uh, last week. I was looking at a bunch of pictures uh, from a motorcycle group ride that I was on, and it just got to, got me to thinking about the different experiences I've had. And I, I've been on some group rides where they were just horribly run to mm-hmm. the point where I didn't feel safe, and I kind of let myself drift to the end of the line of bikes and then just exited stage right and not finish the ride. Then I've been on other ones that were so organized and so much more fun and uh, very safe feeling. And I was thinking about that, and then I remember the experience I had when I was asked to lead a ride. Mm -hmm. So I went and talked to a couple of the people that had led rides that I was on that did a very, very good job, and they go, there's actually a guide of how to do this the right way. Interesting. And I'm going to, I'm going to stop you there because you've got my curiosity up about the, uh, the difference between a good one and a bad one. Mm-hmm. I'm not a, a motorcycle rider. Mm-hmm. Uh, I know you are. Uh, that's something in, in your history and, and, and your, uh, passion. So let's start with what doesn't work well. So what makes for a bad group ride? Starts late. 
Ah, so you're meaning we're going to meet here at 9 and we're going to get on the road at 9.30, but it doesn't go that way? It doesn't go that way. Participants aren't ready to go. The the group rider goes, okay, let's – the leader goes, let's lead or go and, oh, wait a minute, i got to fill my tank up now. Or mm. they're having – you know, somebody's having a known problem with their motorcycle. So there's – you can see that at the very beginning. And then once you get going, the leader – is setting a pace that's not appropriate for all of the riders, where some riders are having to ride over their head, mm-hmm. which is recipe for a bad accident. Um, so is that always a speed issue or is it, uh, or are there other factors that, that, cause when you talk about pace, I initially think the, the, the rate of speed on the, on the, on the road. Well, it is the rate of speed, but it's not the rate of speed on the straightaways. It's, it's going around corners and, and, and you know, windy roads, which is what you want to do on a ride like this, mm. where you, you can very obviously see people that are just not doing real well with that pace. Uh, they don't want to be embarrassed and, and cause problems. So they're just riding harder than they should. Mm-hmm. You know, that kind of a thing. They're just not ready for that type of riding, which is not a good idea for a group ride anyway. So does most of the, um, I know blame is a strong word, but is most of the blame at the feet of the group leader, the, the person who's leading the ride? A lot of it falls right to his on his feet and you know it's his his responsibility but also some of the experienced riders that maybe have done it before they can can maybe not cause it but they don't take action to cut it down so it's not dangerous they just go with the flow interesting and jeff you know me pretty well so you can see i'm kind of setting you up to Mm -hmm. talk about the idea of what happens inside of maybe potentially a business or Mm -hmm. workplace what have you uh and there's so many connecting points to what you described Mm -hmm. to what many people face inside of uh inside of work so let's shift to the uh, more positive what's an example of a of a a a group ride where it's led well that it starts on time everybody's ready to go the uh the leader has a, a destination that everybody would like to end up at um and usually someplace interesting or different to eat uh that's always a prerequisite and they they they've set some ground rules when we stop for lunch okay if you want to have a beer that's okay but a beer you know, just things like that. Mm-hmm. They've got their route planned. They're not stopping to look at their map. They know where they're going. And like I said before, they start on time. So does it require, I'm going to kind of go back to that first example and thinking about the writers that maybe are not as experienced. Mm-hmm. And, you know, from an emotional intelligence perspective, the empathy thing. The empathy, yes. The, be, the being able to understand that not all of my writers are experienced and, you know, all of the rest. And we may have some who they just can't handle that curve at a speed that maybe the more seasoned writers can. Exactly. And it, it can even go to the type of motorcycle they're riding. If, if you've got everybody on sport bikes and two or three people on the cruisers, they can't no matter what because of the type of uh, machine they're riding. So there's just lots of little things that you need to think about. So I guess I'm going to stay on that point for a minute. If that leader of the group ride encounters maybe maybe they were looking forward to maybe taking those turns at a high clip of speed because it's maybe more fun for them. Mm-hmm. And then they notice or they know that someone's there with a cruiser, as you mentioned, mm-hmm. And can't do that. I got to imagine that the thought and then the emotion that would come after could 
could be kind of a downer for them. So what does that leader do in that situation, realizing that maybe it's not going to be everything that they expected it to be? They have to go back to why did they decide to lead the ride? Mm. You know, what is their motivation? What what was their goal for that day? Interesting. Yeah, yeah, that's uh, that's great because I think that applies again in so many, so many areas, uh, whether it's work or in personal mm-hmm. life, of how we encounter things that maybe were not necessarily what we were expecting, and how we have to rely on some of those things to to make it as best as it can be. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Okay. And okay. that's that's where I, uh, what I found when I was shown what makes a good. Uh, ride leader is is the work that goes into it. Who came to you and said, hey, do you want to lead a ride? One of the people that I've been on, uh, the, the group is now defunct because of a lot of different reasons, but it was called Ride Ohio mm-hmm. uh, Riding Group. And actually, his name was Denny. Mm-hmm. He said, you know, why don't you do this? And that's when I started talking with him and a couple of did other that, people. Did that imply, um, Jeff, that uh, he saw something in you that made him go, you know what? Jeff could be good at this. I, I think it did. One, he knew I'd been riding since I was 13. Okay. Well, actually, before that, my 13th birthday present was a motorcycle. So Okay. Okay. <laughs> he knew I was experienced. He knew that I knew my limits, so I would be able to figure out other people's limits mm-hmm. when we were riding, things like that. Okay. And uh, I just, he just thought I could do it. So, How did that make you feel when uh, he reached out to you about doing that? It, it made me feel good that he would ask me to do it because I know the type of writer he is. Mm-hmm. Uh He's the kind of rider in his in his youth. He's about ten years older than I am. He used to race motorcycles, so I know he has the the, oh my gosh. the speed bug in him. But he also understands that's not appropriate for on the highway. Yeah, yeah. But uh, having said that, though, I mean, this is not somebody who just occasionally gets on a bike. If you've ever raced bikes before, no, right? no. He's he's a he's a hardcore rider. Okay, <laughs> <laughs> a good way to put it. Good way to, to put it. To this day, even seventy five ish, I think he is now. Oh wow. Wow, that's uh, that's great. So, you said uh, it's somewhere there before that there is a guide uh, that you can that once you decide you're going to do it. Yeah. How, how how does that play out into making it a good situation? Well, you you just follow it. First, pick the goal that you want to go on. The second thing is you 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 know you pick the route, and a lot of groups this doesn't happen. You pre ride the route. You take a Saturday before. If the, if, the, if the ride was going to be this Saturday, the Saturday before, I would hopefully with myself and one other person that's going to be on the ride, we would ride that route uh, to see if there's any any hazards, if there's going to be construction, loose gravel, you know, potholes, so that we can either change where we were going to go or we can let the people that are, we're with be aware that, okay, when you see this, we're going to slow down because – there's gravel on the road or whatever. So that's that's the first part. Then you make sure that people understand the rules. Some simple things like you don't ride right next to the other riders. You mm-hmm. ride in a staggered formation left side, right side of the road as you go back for safety so that you have room to maneuver. There's hand signals that you use that get passed back through to let people know. Like, you know, some of them are just what you – I don't know if they still teach hand signals in driver's ed now or not, but it's those hand signals, mm-hmm. you know, plus some other ones. Like if the group leader makes a mistake, he'll tap the top of his head, and, which means I'm sorry <laughs> to everybody. Mm-hmm. But, you know, pass those back. And some other things like when you get into curvy roads, the group rider will hold up one finger. And that means you get in a single line. 
So you're not even – there's no chance of getting by. So there's those kind of things. Mm. Again, I'm, I'm kind of thinking about this and how it applies to, um, to life and work. One of the things I always thought has been pretty amazing to me is that something as simple and straightforward as being clear is often left in the dust when mm-hmm. it comes to uh, inside of a lot of our workplaces. And this sort of the, the picture of a group ride, I can't imagine, and I'm not a motorcycle rider, but if I were and I was going to go on one of these, I can't imagine if the leader of the ride is not very clear about what we're going to be doing. Exactly. How fast. Whoa, there was a pothole. We saw it last week. So you're going to need to slow down when we get to mile marker, whatever. Mm -hmm. But I think oftentimes that can plague businesses. They may have a great product and they may be selling tons of it, Mm -hmm. but there's just not a lot of clarity about, okay, where we're going, why we're going there. This is what we need to be prepared for. And it's just straightforward clarity. But like a lot of things in life, I know, right? It's like, yeah, and we would never dare do a group ride, right? If you wanted to have a good one anyway. Right. Without that. And there's some other things that you don't think about. When are you going to take a break? When I read a lot, read, led the ride that I led, the last one I read, I had my Kawasaki Concourse. It's got a seven and a half gallon fuel tank. Mm -hmm. I can go 400 miles easy without having to worry about gas. But somebody that's on a cruiser maybe only has a two gallon gas tank. And they can only go 100 miles. Mm. So you have to think about, okay, where are we going to stop? Because you've got the capacity of the fuel tank, Mm -hmm. the capacity of the bladders to take (laughs) into consideration. That's what I was thinking about. And the other thing is people like to talk. No, wait a minute. (laughs) I've got to, I've got to, I got to ask, how can you talk when you're on a motorcycle? You do it at the brakes. Oh, okay. All right. Did you All see right. that or, you know, that those three corners that we went through were so much fun. So there's a specific strategy around the brakes and when they're timed. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah, for all those reasons. Okay. I can ride. I've ridden that full 400 miles on my bike before. A lot of people can't because of the type of bike they have. So you, you know, just even just the comfort, give people a chance to stretch, things mm-hmm. like that. Yeah. So you take that in consideration. Uh, some other things to think about are – where where do you think you put the best rider on the in the tr- ride? Where do you think they go? Oh, that's a good question. That's a good question. My gut reaction would be at the rear. At the rear, they're known as the sweep. If somebody gets left behind, they kind of sweep them back up. So they're interesting. And, and then as you ride, what naturally happens is the 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 you kind of get separated. So the further back you are in the line, the harder you may have to ride to catch back up with the group to get back into formation, for want of a better term. Mm -hmm. So because of that, you do everything you can to put your least experienced riders at the front of the pack, right behind the leader, so that they don't have to do that kind of harder riding, and Hmm. they're right there with the leader. And then you just kind of do it. That's that's if it works out ideally. Wow. So that's a great point. Your last area there about things working out ideally, Mm -hmm. right? So as we know, in most everything, we start off, it's supposed to be sunny. It's supposed to be, you know, all roads are clear, Mm -hmm. nice breeze, good temperatures. Can you talk a little bit about what what did you do when you encountered the unexpected? Well, first, when you're planning it, you always have a rain date. 
Okay. So you do that. Uh, and you do things like you give everybody basic waypoints so that because you can't get separated. Mm-hmm. Uh, a slow-moving vehicle gets some way in with the group or yep. a train or whatever, so you can't get separated. Yep. So this is where we're going to meet. If we get separated, everybody show up here and we'll wait until everybody shows up before we move on. Mm-hmm. So things like that. So uh, in some forms, that's a contingency plan, if mm-hmm. you will, right? If if we get separated, we will meet at this time, at mm-hmm. this spot, on and on and on. So how about personalities, uh, people? It'd be great that if you could do an EQ assessment on all the people <laughs> that were going on the ride with you, right? Right. But that doesn't happen. So, that doesn't happen. So how do you, how does that play into it? Or does it? I mean, it it does and it doesn't. What will happen is uh, there are some personality types that will not want to go on an organized ride like that mm-hmm. because they don't think it's fun. But what actually happens is because you're not having all those other issues, it actually ends up being more more fun, more enjoyable right? because you don't end up with all those other things that might happen. You don't know until you ride with them whether they're going to fit in with that. Yeah. And I've had people on a ride that I've led like that that did what I did. Okay, this is not fun for me, and they've exited stage right. Yeah, that's interesting. So let's talk a little bit about the application of this into uh, other parts of life. I know I kind of did a little bit Mm -hmm. talking about the workplace and things of that nature, but um, are there any things that come to your mind that you think may may relate or could be applied? Yeah, when I was thinking about this, yeah, there's a lot. In the business world, the leader needs to be present. Hmm. You can't be the group leader on a motorcycle ride if you're not present. And you're doing the same thing that everybody else is doing. You know, you're not leading it from your uh, Cadillac. You're leading it from a motorcycle. So you're in common. You know, you, you are doing the same thing as everyone else. The leader also, as I said, they, you need to understand the, the capabilities of your employees, your, your people that you're leading, whatever it is. Mm-hmm. And the ones that are going to need the most help, you want to keep them close to you. And the ones that are the most accomplished, the most capable, let them be the ones away from you doing whatever needs to be done and then kind of you know, spread it out through that continuum. And do you think that by doing that, it builds for a healthy, more enjoyable environment for people to work in? I think so. And I think the other thing that we talked about is the leader conveys what the expectations are of everybody on the ride. If you're a leader in a business, okay, you need to show up for work and be ready to work at the time you're supposed to show up for work. Things like that. Uh, You need to understand that, you know, we'll be giving you information during the day, so you need to be paying attention to the information. Things may change, or you, this is some information that you need to do your job. When you pick somebody to ride sweep, you're telling them, I consider you probably a better rider than I am. So if you pick somebody to kind of do that sweep position, whatever, the, whether it's a, an official title or mm-hmm. whether it's that person that just is that person in your organization, right. you're letting them know that you have a lot of trust and confidence in them to take probably one of the more important, probably the most important part, because they're going to see if somebody else is not riding safely and they'll be able to go up to them and say, hey, you know, don't don't do this on a ride. You know, this isn't acceptable or things like that. Probably obviously better than the leader can because the leader on a ride does look in his mirrors, but you have to pay attention to what's going on in front of you more than anything. 
You know, it's interesting, Jeff, you know, as you mentioned those things and I'm, I'm kind of what's coming to mind too, is I'm thinking about the leader's responsibility to sort of cast the vision about how great, um, how fun, how, how this experience is going to be mm-hmm. good. And I think sometimes, and, and I, I'm not bashing, uh, because being a leader in a business is really tough. Mm-hmm. It, it really is. However, I think this is one of those base responsibilities that, man, it will pay you back in spades if you're able to get out front and be able to say, this is where we're going. This is why we're going. This is what we're going to do. And this is this is what we're going to watch out for. Setting those kind of clear expectations and also to be able to say, this is going to be the ride of your life. Mm-hmm. And the reason why it is the ride of your life is because you've done it. And what I was going to say, <clears throat> or I was going to ask you, is it really fun to do this? Is it really, is, is, is riding a, a group ride really that fun after all? It is. Okay, uh, I'm going to stop you there. All right. Because that's what I'm talking about. Mm-hmm. You just said it's fun. So you want to share that. You want to tell other people this is going to be fun. It'd be different, Jeff, if you were sitting across from me going, well, I don't know. Sometimes, but you know what? <laughs> let me let me think about that. Well, let me say, an organized group ride is fun. <laughs> yes, Let's go back you. to that. Yeah, clarify, clarify. These other ones, when I feared for my life or I was so frustrated, I wanted to hit someone because, did you even think about this until this morning? Mm. Those weren't fun. So in those group rides, if, if you encounter that kind of situation, can you just say, I'm out? I mean, I'm just going to not go any further. I'm just going to. I've, I've, I've said it. At a break, and then I've also just, like I said, just kind of let myself filter the back of the pack and, and just let, let whoever in the back know, I'm not having a problem. I'm just out of here. Mm-hmm. And uh, I, I don't want anyone to misunderstand me. I am definitely not advocating that if your experience in your workplace or your family is not going the way you want, uh, that you should just disappear. Um, or ghosting, I think, is the term. Well, well that happens, though. Yeah, it does. It does. And And, and here's the thing. There are, chan- there are situations where it's totally called for. Mm-hmm. It, it totally makes sense to say, I can't do this. I'm, I'm, I'm out. However, I'm also saying there are times when you might want to exercise some of that or apply a bit of that consequential mm-hmm. thing and say, is me just bolting out the right thing to do? Right. And, I, and now I'm obviously talking about in a work or in a right. family relationship situation. But to, to your point, yeah, uh, good clarity, good clarity. <laughs> Jeff, maybe as a, as a last thing, I, I like the examples that you gave. So how does that really apply inside of work and relationships and family and all that? I mean, can I really actually take anything that you just pointed out and actually do anything in reality? Well, I think you can because as a leader, you need to have a goal mm-hmm. of where you want to end up with whatever this is. You need to set the expectations, like one of the expectations that you would set on a group ride. When we get to the goal, we're going to ride back as a group or you're on your own, just as an example. Mm-hmm. You want to set those expectations that everyone has. You know, what is your, what is the desired performance that I would like to see from you? Uh, and then the good leader has to pay attention to what's going on. And I think the, the last and the most important thing, the, the good leader needs to understand how to use the people best for everyone's benefit, not just for that person's benefit, but how is that going to affect everyone else? What's How is it going to make it better for everyone involved? Mm. Wow. Wow. That's great. 
That's great. I heard a story once from Andy Stanley. He was talking about uh, he was in the midst of when he was building, uh, which is now a pretty large organization down in this, I think it's the Atlanta area, and um, working a lot. And wife and two young kids, I think they were two, two young kids. And she was just, she was worn out. And any mom out there knows, <laughs> especially when they're young and little, what they, it can be, it is hard work. I would dare say it's even harder than a work as a, as it relates to a professional career. But he said that um, she came to him and just said, if I could just have you here between the hours of four and six so I can get a break. And for him, he wasn't getting home to typically six thirty, seven o'clock because, again, he's building this thing. Mm-hmm. And he said it came, he came to a crossroads with it and had to make a decision. Am I going to keep doing what I'm doing or am I going to make the sacrifice for the benefit of my family to say, I'm going to leave at four? I might start early, early in the morning, but without fail, I'm out of here at four to be there for my wife and for my kids. And of course, his decision was a wise one because he turned out fine, more than fine, and, and what they're doing now. However, it just made me think what you're talking about, the idea of the sacrifice or the example for the good of others, not just for the individual. Mm-hmm. Because there's more than a few people out there, right, who they'll just go ahead and keep doing what they are doing and kind of maybe tell the wife, hey, just you got to just tough it out. Or maybe we can hire a nanny or maybe, but not to sacrifice. Mm-hmm. But I just think that's a beautiful example that a, a group – ride leader understands that there are those situations, there's those times is when he's setting it up or she's setting it up where I'm going to place you here because I need you here for the group's benefit, not just what's going to be best for you. Mm -hmm. So just thought about that story and how it relates to your point. With that, everyone, we thank you for tuning in and we will catch you on the next episode. Take care. Goodbye, everyone. Thanks for subscribing and listening to the Spirit of EQ podcast with Jeff East and Eric Pennington. Spirit of EQ is a preferred partner of Six Seconds, the Emotional Intelligence Network. Six Seconds is a nonprofit organization researching what works in emotional intelligence. Best practices are shared through methods and tools that are global, scientific, and transformational. To find out more about Spirit of EQ or to request a speaker, go to spiritofeq.com. Our contact information is in the podcast show notes as well. And now for our special offer. Hi, this is Jeff again. I just want to let everybody know that if you have any questions or want more information about anything we've talked about, just send me a quick email. My email is jeff at spiritofeq.com, and I'll get right back with you. Thanks. Hi, everyone. This is Eric Pennington with the Spirit of EQ. I'm not introducing a new episode today. I'm here to tell you some things that might help you. Jeff, you're with me as always. So. Yes. How do people get in touch with us? Well, the best way is just send us an email at info at spiritofeq.com. That's awesome. Jeff, I was also thinking about reviews, and I'm notoriously bad at asking for them. So 
reviews on all of the platforms wherever you get your podcasts. Yes. You think that'd be good? I think that would be great because one, that will help us learn how to make better ones. And it's always good for us. So to we're, hear. we're not the perfect podcast host. We're close. Okay. But, all right. But, but not, still, not totally. We want perfect. your feedback. We want your feedback. But it it also might uh, let us know a new subject. Hey, we need to dig deeper into that. Yeah. So let us know what you think. Cool. We really appreciate that. As always, too, there is social media, LinkedIn, Facebook, and we also have a YouTube channel. Those also have mechanisms or, or options for you to be able to leave a comment, a like, or those kind of things. Just want to make sure that you know how to get in touch with us. Right, Jeff? Right. We appreciate you all. Thank you. Once again, we really appreciate you tuning in today. One of the things that Jeff and I want to bring to your attention as well is that when we created this podcast, it was not intended to take the place of a clinician. In other words, if you find yourself in a place where there's something deeper going on or something that you cannot solve on your own, we do recommend that you reach out to a clinician of some sort. This podcast is purely opinion-based and it is rooted in the desire to help you along your path in whatever way we can. However, it is never going to replace, nor should it ever be looked at as a replacement for clinical help in any way. Thanks again for tuning in.